How many of you are thirsty? I'm thirsty to hear from him. I'm thirsty to see him operating in my life. I'm thirsty for the things of God. Hallelujah. And if you're not thirsty, you can get thirsty. Amen. We're going to get thirsty tonight. We're going to talk tonight about don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Give in. Give in to what? Give in to the ways, the walk, and the win of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I want to start with just a few quotes that I know will bless you. First of all, there's a gentleman named Vince Lombardi. How many of you know who Vince Lombardi is? He is one of the greatest and most winning coaches in all of the NFL. And here's the quote that he says. He says this, Winners never quit, and quitters never win. Good job. <clears throat> then we have another one for you, Albert Einstein. Now, you know, Albert Einstein was one of the greatest and most influential scientists who have ever lived. And this is what he said. He said, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with the problem longer. See, he had a stick-to-itiveness with him. Amen? He stuck with it, and he did some amazing things. How about Winston Churchill? Winston Churchill is one of the greatest prime ministers of the United Kingdom. He said this, if you're going through hell, keep going. (laughs) Roy T. Bennett. Roy T. Bennett was a gifted lawyer and politician and the author of The Light in the Heart. And he says this, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. All that matters is you get up one more time Then you got knocked down. Amen? He also said, accept yourself. Love yourself. Keep moving forward. And if you want to fly, you're going to have to give up what weighs you down. Amen. Amen. Okay, I have one more. How about Kenneth E. Hagen Jr.? Amen. Well, I guess it's Kenneth Hagen Jr. It's not Kenneth E. Hagen. But Kenneth Hagen Jr., he says this. He always quotes it. He says, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Amen? Now, these quotes are powerful and they're inspiring because they are true. And PT, they've been TP'd. Tried and proven. Amen? You know, that's when people's stories can have the most impact on us. Is when they're tried and proven. When they live what they're saying. And how many of you know who Florence Chadwick is? Anybody know who Florence Chadwick is? Her story is also very inspiring. We're talking tonight about what? Don't give up give in amen give in to the ways the walk and the wind of the spirit so I want to tell you a little bit about Florence Chadwick Florence was a a swimmer she started swimming at the age of six six years old and she became a world class athlete and she broke many many records in long distance swimming 
1950, she crossed the English Channel in 13 hours and 20 minutes. Faster than any woman had ever done it in history. It's about a 21-mile swim. And then a year later, she crossed it again, and she crossed it swimming against the current. That took her 16 hours and 22 minutes. Now, long-distance swimmers are a little bit different than Olympic swimmers, swimmers because their conditions and their environment is different. They battle ocean currents. They battle um, the effects of salt water on them. They, uh, the temperatures of the water, sharks, boats that are in the water, especially swimmers because there's a lot of boats following them. So there's a lot of things that they have to look out for, plus the brutality of the sun coming down upon them. Well, Florence, in 1952, she decided that she wanted to swim 26 miles from Catalina Island all the way over to the mainland of California. And so she started out to do this. See, she had conditioned. I think she, even to swim the English Channel, she had trained, listen to me, she had trained herself. She had trained herself for two years. And really, since the time she was really little, when she started swimming, but training is so important. Amen? And so she decided that she was going to start off on this swim of 26 miles, and she got started. And what happened is just shortly into the swim, she began to feel sick, and she began to feel nauseated, and she began to feel like she was having trouble breathing. She, didn't fig she couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. Well, what was happening is one of the boats that were following along with her had a leak. And the oil from that boat was leaking into the water, and she was inhaling it. So she was struggling and struggling. But see, she had trained herself. And she knew something about perseverance, so she kept going. She kept going. And so she kept swimming and swimming and swimming. And 15 hours later, yes... 15 hours later, a fog came down and settled in, and it just covered everywhere she was at. But she kept on, stroke after stroke. She kept going. She was fatigued. The fog setting in on the water really caused confusion because she didn't know where she was going. She didn't know what direction she was going. As a matter of fact, she began to think that she was swimming in circles. Have you ever been there? She got so tired and so fatigued and had battled so much that she finally decided that she could not go on anymore. And she lifted her hand up and she asked for those who were part of her team and the boat coming alongside of her to lift her up and lift her into the boat. And so they did. And shortly after, the fog lifted. And she saw that she had actually swam 25.5 miles. She was 0.5 miles from the shoreline. She was almost there if she just could have swam a little longer. You know, many people quit because they can't see the finish line. You heard this, it's darkest before the dawn. And that sort of is true. It is darkest before the dawn. And it's coldest, too. And so Florence Chadwick, 
She had this experience, but you know what? She was not one that was going to quit. Even though she didn't make it in that first attempt, even though she pulled herself out and quit ahead of time, she wasn't a quitter. And you know what? There's situations in, in our lives where maybe we've pulled back and we've taken a pause. And we said, you know what? I'm going to try this again. And you get in with that spirit of courage and that spirit of faith and you step back in. And that's exactly what she did two months later. Now, it takes a while for your body to recover when you've been through something like that. But two months later, she got back in and she began to swim that 26 miles from Catalina Island back to the mainland of California. And the same conditions were there. The same fog came down. The same things were happening. But you know, this time, this time, she had a different mindset. This time, what she did is she envisioned herself. That mental image of crossing over to the shoreline. That she could see the shoreline in her mind's eye. And so she kept going and she completed the swim. And she broke every single record doing it. Men and women alike. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not over till it's over. Amen. And it's over when you quit. She didn't quit. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on God's dreams for you, even when it seems like all of a sudden you're walking in plan B. You know what? Plan B really isn't plan B. Plan B is really plan A. God just knows how to take you. You might have gotten off on a detour, but he knows how to get you right back where he has planned for you. And he will use that which is uh, plan B. He'll use it in your life so that it becomes plan A. Amen? Amen. So don't get discouraged. Don't draw back. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep going. Don't give up on your children. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your parents. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your healing. Don't give up on your weight loss journey. Y'all know I I shared with that last time I was, uh, had the opportunity to minister. I shared a little bit about that. I'm telling you, that's a mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual battle. And you've got to talk to yourself. So I've been on this journey since April 21st, and I'm down 32 pounds. But I'm telling you, I have to keep my mind set on the gold. And I cannot afford to take the, the, the uh, thought that, oh, just one cookie is going to be okay. Because for me, one cookie is never one cookie. So <laughs> I know what I've got to do, and I'm doing it, glory to God. And I'm not going to quit. And you can do the same. Don't give up on yourselves. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on God because he has not given up on you.
What causes people to give up? Well, I have a couple things written down. Number one, how about time? How about time? You know, when you don't see or feel any change and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a breakthrough for something? I think of Abraham. How long did he wait for the promise? For the word of God to be manifest in his life. Amen? Was God faithful? Was his word true? And his word is true to you. So don't give up. So time is definitely something that could work against, against us and cause us to want to give up. How about being in the middle of a marathon endeavor? Like remodeling your house or trying to pay off your debt or whatever the case may be. <laughs> remodeling house always takes longer and it always costs more. But through faith and patience, you will inherit the promise. Amen. So in the middle of a de- endeavor, you can feel fatigue. So be aware of that because fatigue makes cowards of us all. And we don't have that spirit. We have the spirit of courage, the spirit of might. Amen. Working on the inside of us. How about working and moving in your own strength? You know, when I start feeling like things are heavy, I start feeling like, oh, I feel weariness. I know it's a cue for me. I'm doing it in my own strength. Turn around, look to God, petition heaven, ask for help, ask for wisdom. Because you can't do it in your own strength. Not anything of eternal value. Amen? How about circumstances that are bigger than your own hand? We've all had those in our lives. We should have those in our lives. We should be doing something bigger than our own hands. Something where it takes God to be involved, to move the mountain. And he works together with us. He partners with us. Amen? Amen. Without him, we cannot. But without us, he will not. Hallelujah. How about listening to the lies of the enemy? Uh, He comes to paint a picture. And he wants us to take a look at that picture. And we have to just say no. No, in Jesus' name, that is not God's picture for me. That is not God's picture for this situation. That is not God's picture. And I don't receive it. You know, lies of the enemy will cause you to retreat. You know what the word retreat means? The word retreat means it's the act or process of withdrawing, especially when it's difficult, dangerous, or disagreeable to your thought. How about this? The process of rescinding from a position. You've obtained some things, especially in the realm of the spirit. But the lies of the enemy will want you to rescind from that place, from that position, from that state which you have attained. Don't do it. Keep going. Don't give up. How about not feeling or not being in control? I mean, that is something that definitely, it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. And we don't want to be comfortable, uncomfortable very long. It's sort of the culture that we live in today. 
But you know what? In the things of God, you can see again and again where the heroes of faith, people who have really done great things for God, the great sacrifices that they made. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. How about your own imaginations, fears, questionings? What if I do this? What if I fail? You know, those can become strongholds and they can, they can assist you in drawing back and quitting. How about when everything is going wrong and you've done everything right? I hear that a lot from people. I've done everything I know to do. Well, the Bible says when you've done everything you know to do, stand. Stand, therefore. Even if all hell is breaking loose, even if nothing looks like it's going the way it should be going, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Amen. Amen. Having on the armor of God, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and use it, glory to God. And you'll see a change. Just stay with it. Don't quit. Keep going. How about feeling defeated or failure in our lives? Do you know who was it? Uh, I think it was Thomas Edison when he invited the, invented the um, light bulb. How many times did he fail? Do you know, Pastor Tom? Over 2,000. So he just said, you know, well, I just know 2,000 ways it doesn't work. But the 2001 way, guess what? Whew, voila, we have light. Glory to God. So failure is not necessarily bad. Fail forward. And you know what? When you find yourself in that position where you're experiencing failure, the more you fail, the more you learn. Hallelujah. So just write that down. How about you feel God let you down because he didn't answer your prayers? At least the way you thought. You know, we have two kingdoms that we live in. And sometimes we just only see in part. We don't even know it all. But he does. And we just learn to trust him. We learn to trust him. And we can't trace his hand. We can trust his heart. And he says he's going to do you good all the days of your life. His plans for you are not plans of evil, but plans of good. To bring you a hope and to bring you a future. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Give in to the ways, the walk in the wind of the Spirit. You know, John Maxwell, one of my mentors, he's a tremendous leader and teaches leadership all around the world. And he is a man of God who knows about perseverance. His father always told him he never met a man who quit his way to the top. (laughs) He said in his early years of pastoring, you know, especially those early years, it can be so challenging. You start experiencing things you never imagined. And he had some very difficult, difficult times. And he felt like he wanted to quit. But instead, here's what he did. He took a dictionary. He looked up the word quit. 
He cut it out of the dictionary and he refused to recognize it any longer. <laughs> he literally cut it out of the dictionary. And so he says, uh, quit should have no place in our vocabulary. So don't let it come out of your mouth. Don't say I'm giving up. Don't say I quit. Don't say I can't do this any longer. Amen. Glory to God. Your words have power. Say this. No quit in me. No quit in me. No quit in me. There's no quit in me. Amen. Now there's times you need to take a break and you need to rest. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that persevering spirit where you're going to obtain the promises of God. Hallelujah. You know, one of the most distressing moments in Jesus's earth life, uh, he shows us what to do when we feel like quitting. And following the Last Supper, he, he goes to the disciples, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and this is the place of what? The press. And when there's a press, there's pressure, right? Pressure on the soul. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look at that account. We're going to look at verses 36 to 44. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them asleep, and he said to Peter, What? Couldn't you watch me just one hour? Watch and pray, he said. Now he's given them a very valuable insight. He said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. So that what? So that you don't enter into temptation. So there's power and strength in prayer. He said, least you enter into temptation because why? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away, prayed, saying, O oh, Father, if this cup can pass for me, unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came, and he found them asleep again. And their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and he went away, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. Jesus' prayer to the Father was intimate. It was honest. And it was heartfelt. But, you see, Jesus had something on the inside of him. He had a different picture. The picture of God painted into his heart. And it was, but for that picture, the joy that was set before him, that he was able to endure the cross. Amen? Endure the suffering. And you know what? There's some things this side of heaven that you too 
are going to have to endure. And you're going to have this, this picture on the inside of you of what you want to see come to pass. And that picture is going to be the joy that is set before you that will help you to endure the suffering. What suffering? The waiting, the time, the questioning, all those things we just talked about. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are some things that we need endurance for. The word endure means to remain firm, especially under suffering. To stay steady, to stand, to continue. Endurance is the, cap- the capacity to last or withstand. That's you, church! You have that on the inside. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering, amen? Self-control. I want you to notice something. Jesus already fought the battle before he experienced the cross. He already made the decision back there in the garden on his knees that he was going through. He prayed ahead. You too will have to pray ahead on some things. Amen? Glory to God. If Jesus had to go to the Father, he had to prepare himself. How much more do we? How much more? He prayed that this cup can pass for me, but nevertheless, Lord, your will, your will be done. He persevered through the spirit of perseverance. And we can too. Don't give up. Give in. Give in to the way, the walk, and the wind of the Spirit. You know, prayer is um, so powerful. I love what Pastor Mark says about it. I'll quote him. Powerful, purposeful prayer. It does what? It paves the way for the impossible to become possible. So we see that a key principle to not quitting is to be a person of prayer. Jesus said this, meant ought always to pray and to faint not. Ingrid, I remember that's on your grandmother's headstone. We went there and she it, it's written there so everyone that comes can see. Men ought always to pray and faint not. James 5.16 um, in the Amplified says this, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. It makes tremendous power available and it's dynamic in its working I was in my office recently and Pastor Tom he came in and I was telling him about a situation with the family and as we often do um, when we hear of things that you all are going through we began to yield to the Holy Spirit in prayer and as we began to yield to the Holy Spirit in prayer a spirit of prayer came upon us And we began to petition heaven. And we began with supplications before the Lord. And we began to yield so that the Holy Spirit just began to give us utterance as we began to pray over this precious family. Many words were spoken. Many words were prayed. And we began to flow in intercession. Intercession is when you take hold together And you stand in the gap with another person. 
You take hold with the Holy Spirit. And he begins to pray through you. And there was such earnest, heartfelt, powerful prayer going up. Isn't that right, Pastor Tom? I mean, it was tangible. And this kind of prayer, this is the kind of prayer that makes empowerment available for men and for women. It works in their hearts. It works in their situation. It works in their lives. You know, I later sent a text to the person and I said, you know, we're praying and we're praying from the depths of our hearts and our souls. But I noticed that I misspelt something. I misspelt in the text the word depth and I wrote deltas. And so I corrected the word deltas, but I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to look up the word deltas. And so I did. And the definition describes deltas as wetlands that are formed into rivers. You know, our spirit was the wetland with the water of the Holy Ghost. And what I sensed in my spirit is there was rivers of living water flowing from the heart of God to this situation. Rivers of love. Rivers of compassion. Rivers of comfort and strength. You know, in the delta, rivers flow in many diverse directions. And our prayers were doing just that. They were flowing in a multitude of direction. Some of which we didn't even understand at the time. Thank God for the ability to pray in other tongues, in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. Because when you don't know how to pray as you ought, when you don't know everything about the situation, the Holy Spirit will help your weakness, your infirmity. And he will help that inability to see and know what is ahead and what needs to be prayed out. But with yearnings and with groanings, too deep for utterance. It'll flow forth from you like rivers. And the Holy Spirit will pray through you in harmony with the will of God. And so that's what happened that day. And so I want to encourage you to get in those places where you begin to yield to that spirit of intercession. And those things that want to cause you to quit or draw back or give up. You'll pray through some things. And what will begin to happen is you'll begin to see from a different perspective. You'll begin to see from heaven's perspective. When you're seeing from down here, it can feel hopeless. You can feel helpless. Amen? But when you get a different perspective, when you're soaring like the eagle and you have eagle eyes, you'll be looking down and you'll see something very different. And you know, I always tell you, the situation sometimes doesn't change right away. But here's what happens. You'll be above it Amen. and not beneath it. Yes. It won't be pressing on you. You'll be standing on it. And you'll be soaring with eagle's wings. Amen. They'll be locked. And you'll soar above the storms of life. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
yield to that spirit of intercession and you won't yield to the spirit of quit. Because there'll be no quit in you. God has plans to take you from grace to grace, strength to strength, glory to glory, and victory to victory. And once you've tasted victory, it takes the quit out of you. That victory is the joy set before you. Once you've tasted victory, it'll take the quit out of you. Amen? Notice it says grace to grace, strength to strength. That's like an ascension, isn't it? So that means something happens in between glory and glory, strength and strength, victory and victory. To, that word to. In that word to, there's things that are happening. But you're going to go from test to testimony. Test to testimony. Test to testimony. Amen? Amen. You know, Jesus, he said, in this world, you're going to have tribulations, trials, stress. Things are going to press on you. Things that are going to, they're going to bruise you. They're going to come down on you. And sometimes you may even feel broken. But God, hallelujah, he heals the broken in heart. He restores and delivers and sets free. Amen? So hope thou in God. Trust in him. Amen? Taste the victory and it's oh so sweet. I was looking back into history as I was studying this. I was looking back onto the Israelites and thinking about how they came out of a place of bondage, slavery. And um, Egypt represents that, of course. And when they came out of there, Moses leading them, they were doing really fine. Really fine until they hit what? The wilderness. They had no food. They had no water. They were surrounded by a multitude of people. Now, I love people, but I also like my solace, too. <laughs> I can't imagine that many people and no bathrooms. Can you? So you know there was some challenges. You know. And so they were out in the desert. The desert is a dry place. And we have dry places in our life. Amen. It was difficult terrain. And how long were they out there? 40 years. And then finally they come up against the Red Sea. They're about to cross over to the promised land. God's been leading them along the way, by the way. You know, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God was leading them in the wilderness. He'll lead you too. But they came up against the Red Sea and they turn around and who's behind them coming after them but Pharaoh's army. And so they were surrounded. I mean, this is an opportunity to want to say, okay, I, I give up. I quit. Amen. I surrender. Let's go back to Egypt. But you see, God had a different plan. He had a way. He had a way they were not thinking of because his ways are higher than our ways. And so God took them. Now notice this. He took them through. He took them through the Red Sea. 
Moses used what was in his hand. And God, too, will oftentimes use what's in your hand. What was in his hand? A rod. What was in his hand? His words coming out of his mouth. Amen? And he lifted up that rod, and the waters divided. And the Israelites walked across on what? Dry ground. Dry ground. See, God will prepare those things for you. That was totally higher than their thought. And he has totally higher thoughts for you. And when you get into prayer, you'll tap into them. You'll bring them into manifestation. And so, he didn't remove the Red Sea, did he? He took them through it. And so many times in this earth life, things don't just miraculously get removed. They can. And there are suddenlies. And there are miracles. But most of the time, he takes us through some things. And as he does, there's some character that gets built on the inside of us. There's some things that become gold to you in the Valley of Baca. The Valley of Weeping. And that gold is precious. And nobody could take it away from you. It's the trying of your faith. More precious than gold. Hallelujah. So lessons learned in the wilderness. God's presence was with them. And he led them in the wilderness. Cloud by day, fire by night. Humility. They needed to learn humility. Another lesson learned in the wilderness. Obedience. They also needed to learn obedience. How about supernatural provision? I mean, they had no food. God fed them with, you know, quail and manna that came down. Amen? Water that came out of the rock. Does that make sense? No. Why? It's a God thought. How about trust? They needed to learn trust in the wilderness. You do too. If you're in a wilderness place, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know how a situation's going to turn out, I'm telling you, you've got to trust God. He won't let you down. He's faithful. He's the way maker, church. He's the promise keeper. He's the miracle worker. And he's the light in your darkness. (coughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. So as we close tonight, I want to encourage you again. Don't give up. Give in. Give in to the ways of God. We've been talking tonight about God's ways. I think this is going to be a two-part message in a couple weeks. I'm going to be ministering again on a Wednesday night. And we have some really good stuff that I know the Holy Ghost is going to bring up that we're going to share at that time. But, you know, his ways are always higher, church. When circumstances are bigger than your hand, just know that God's hands are bigger. He put the stars in the, in the sky, in the universe, with his fingers. Glory to God. Don't give up. Give in. Give in to the ways of God. He'll make a way where there is no way. He loves to do that, and he loves to do that for you. Um, If tonight, if you're in a place like perhaps maybe Florence Chadwick was, and again, maybe you're in a fog, maybe you feel like you're swimming in circles, things may be confusing and causing anxiety, and you can't see where you're going, and you can't see out what's ahead, don't give up! Keep going. Keep persevering. You're closer than you think. You're approaching the shoreline. Don't give up. 
Give in. Give in to how he leads you. He'll give you strength that you don't even know that you have. It's called grace. The grace of God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. So don't be weary in well-doing because you're going to reap if you faint not. And those that wait upon the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk in faith and they're not going to faint. Amen. So wait on the Lord. Spend time with him and don't give up. Give in. Give in to his ways, his walk, and his win. Hallelujah. Glory to God.